Intellectually Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 88 features the head strength and conditioning coach of Georgia Tech University, Louis Carella. Coach will discuss his career in strength and conditioning, the techniques and motivations he uses to engage student-athletes, and his philosophy for goal-setting and motivation that can help any student-athlete achieve their goals and dreams. Season 4, Episode 10 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Louis Carella starts now. We are here today with the head strength and conditioning coach for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, uh, Louis Carella. Coach, thanks for having us, uh, for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I love it. Coach, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, I'm Coach Lou. Everyone calls me. And, um, you know, I've, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and I have a wife and three kids, and I love coaching. You know, I've, I've been a lot of places as a coach, and it's taken me to places that I never thought I'd live for sure. But um, the whole journey has been incredible when I really look back on it. Sometimes you couldn't see that in the moment. Sometimes you you get let go and you don't know why and you, you thought you did all you could and blah, blah, blah. But no, I, I've coached at nine Division One schools and I've been a head strength coach for four different ones and I'm uh, really, really thankful for all the opportunities I've had. So I'm excited to talk to you. Coach, I get, real quick, I did see your tweet this morning about your son. I thought that was like, I took that home to my kids and was like, you better start watching this. This is good. Uh, coach's son <laughs> broke his arm. Uh, still at practice. Like, I think I sent that to like 25 different kids that we coach here, plus my own kids. So I, I appreciate that stuff. Yeah, no problem. And I, I was debating on saying anything about it, but I, I figured I didn't make him do that. I wasn't like telling him, Hey, you need to still be there. He just, he wanted to do it. And I was really proud of him for it. That natural mindset that he just came up with. So, and then I saw him catching pop balls. I'm like, I gotta, I got to film this. This is, this yeah. is good. So. Now coach, what inspired you to get into a career in strength and conditioning? Um, so I, when I played football my whole life. You know, I, I played little league, high school, college. I played at a division two school, West Virginia Wesleyan. And then I played at a D three school that I transferred to defiance in Ohio. So, um, sacrificed a lot for this game. But when I realized that although I love football a lot, I love the work that goes into football a lot more. And that, that's what I always used to look forward to. I used to look forward to going to an empty field by myself and just putting my headphones in and, and just working, you know, like no one's ever going to know if I'm doing more or less, but I know. And, and that's really what turned me into this person today that um, I, you know, I kind of wish I had as a, as a player, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want to be now. So, but I really love the work that goes into football. I think it makes you who you are. I make. I think it makes you stand for so much more than than just the game. And um, the work is honest. The work is hard, and the work doesn't lie. So, now, coach, those um, people who are unfamiliar with your work, not only are you the head strength conditioning coach at Georgia Tech, um, but your platform that you use on social media and all those. Um, different avenues on leadership, accountability, perseverance. I mean, I could go on for days. Um, those are always going viral. You always see them. I mean, it's insane how big of a hit those are amongst high school coaches and people in leadership positions. And talk about what motivated you to start sharing that really and really putting yourself out there. 
on starting teaching those life lessons and, and how you share those messages with the guys that you're working with and coach with day in and day out? Yeah. So I was, I was a little nervous at first trying to, you know, when, when the quarantine happened, I wasn't sure how to approach that at first. And I wasn't sure how to make the guys work out. I wasn't sure how to, anything, just like you guys, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I did miss giving the guys the message of the day. And I, for, trust me, I never thought I'd be walking around my neighborhood with a phone, you know, <laughs> talking to a phone, but, but that's what it took to try to make a difference. And not only the players, but, you know, th it gives us the opportunity to even meet each other. Like we're talking right now, you know, and I think that's pretty cool that um, something I've always tried to do anyways is now catching fire with a lot of people that I've never met before. So um, it wasn't intentional at first to even make it a thing, but um, it was well received and the players enjoyed it. So, and then I got a lot of positive feedback. So I just stuck with it, you know, for a while, the whole quarantine and, and every now and then I'll do another one, but normally it's just writing because I'm always with the players still. But um, I, I, that's, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy giving the players a message of the day every day I'm with them. Um, I, I hate when they, they leave and I don't give them more perspective in life or, or a mistake that I made or a regret I have, you know, if, if you're not going to be open with the players you coach, don't expect them to be open with you. Um, if you hide things from them, they're going to hide things from you. That the same thing as parenting, you know, you just try to try to be honest with them, try to be open and, and hopefully good things come from it. Is that how you treat your staff too, coach? I mean, is that what you, I mean, is that like, you know, if I'm going to come be a GA for you or if I'm going to come be an assistant for you, I mean, is that stuff you, you teach those guys? Because, you know, Brian and I are both high school teachers. And those those skills, I mean, they're not they're not common. You know, I mean, those are not attributes that young people have right now. Yeah, so so my staff, you know, it's all new now. I had a staff and then they all left this offseason and I got three new guys. But, um, yeah, I just think, the development piece is, is huge too. Like they hear me give the message of the day every day to the team and I'll, I'll let them hear it for a little while until I give it to them, you know, cause they can, they can be going through stuff too that the players need to know cause they're around them every day too. And, and right now I have, um, I pick a player the night before in every lift group and I text them and I'm like, Hey man, you got the message for the day tomorrow. Um, just say whatever's on your heart. You know, there's no right or wrong. There's no time limit. There's, and it's just, it gets guys talking and, and no one talks anymore. That's the problem. It's like, you know, we text, we, we social media, we scroll all that, but no one really talks. No one really shares anything. So the more we can do that, I think the closer we'll be and, and the more we'll, we'll want to fight for each other. So. Now, coach preparation is really important in every avenue of life. Uh, it can help you have a lot more confidence in what you do, helps give you a little bit of security. But we also know that, you know, life's unpredictable. There, there's so many unpredictable situations and things can change so quickly. So if we relate that back to your strength and conditioning program, how can your strength and conditioning program be applied to dynamic situations that can help your athletes improve their performance, not only physically, but also mentally? Yeah, so I'll go back to the quarantine for a little bit and and just say how was I how was I going to get this done? And I I was on a lot of um, podcasts and I was on a lot of live talk feeds on companies that wanted to share how people were doing it. But for me, it wasn't like groundbreaking because 
I always try to be creative in the program I have right now, regardless of if I have a full weight room or not. I'm always trying to think outside the box because life is, like you said, un unpredictable. And you don't you could study all the film you want on your opponent you're about to play, but you don't know what they're going to run on play one. You don't know what's new. You don't know what bag of tricks is coming at you. You just got to be prepared and ready to attack. So quarantine, <laughs> I mean, my, my son was filming me on the playgrounds with a backpack and jugs of water. And I was just coming up with these total body lifts every day to post on our GT strength Twitter account. And, and those started, you know, paying off. Cause I, I think I was like, I accidentally ended up being the Southwest, uh, their strength coach during quarantine, <laughs> you know, the whole, whole, uh, I was getting hit up by a bunch of high school coaches and a bunch of people started following us, but. Hey, we used uh, it here too, coach. I mean, it was great. We used it here. So you hit Northern, the North Midwest too, almost Canada. So you were great. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. And, and, uh, you know, instead of my son saying, dad, do I have school tomorrow? He would say, dad, do we have to film tomorrow? You know, it just became routine. <laughs> and, I, I got a lot out of that. And if I, I saved it, you know, I have all that stuff so I could easily sell a quarantine ebook of a backpack and water jug <laughs> <laughs> manual. But um, I, I think the creative side is so important, especially as a strength coach, because you can't expect these kids to sign the letter of intent to come to your school to be excited about lifting weights. You just can't. And they're not they're not excited in general about lifting weights. They just want to play the sport they play. So it's my job and I take it personal to make sure that they love the weight room, that they love coming back, that they never know how many reps they're going to have that day, that they don't know what kind of lift it's going to be. They just got to be ready to go. They got to focus and, and lock in. So, um, yeah, that was, that'd be what I say. Yeah. Coach and to follow that up a little bit, you know, you get to see some of these just fantastic facilities in, in the weightlifting programs. Some schools have really good programs and great, you know, lifts and great facilities. And then you have other, you know, students and other uh, schools that don't. And so in your opinion, from who you've worked with, how important is whether it's just the amount of available facilities that they have, how important is that in engaging students? Or is it a really a lot about presentation of the facilities that you have and how you can get the buy-in from kids? I think the, the, so I've been in a bunch of different settings and like you said, it, I've been at Michigan for three years, you know, the top of the top. And I've been at um, like a North Texas or a Buffalo as well. And those weight rooms were not very big, you know, and, and we had like North Texas, we had to share that weight room with all the sports. So I had to be very creative on how and what flow it would be and, but the bottom line is this, you could have a blank room with just you and a hundred kids. If you are the message you're trying to preach, you're going to get through to them. If you feel the genuine fire in your own heart, you're going to create fire in theirs. Maybe not all of them. You know, they're, they're, if you're dealing with a hundred kids, you're going to have 10 that don't really want to because they're trying to save face because they're cool or whatever. That's fine. But if you, if you hit 90 of them, just because you believe in yourself and what you're doing and and, and be a good person and, uh, you know, care about the kids as much as you possibly can and show them that you're consistent. You're not just the same or the different guy every other day. I think you'll get full buy no matter what your setting or situation with your facility or how much you have of what. It's just, it's who you are as a coach. I think that will get the driving of the buy-in going. Now, coach, how can leaders 
um, adapt, you know, like that mental conditioning piece and those techniques to reach the, the wide array of ability levels, both physically and mentally of the athletes. And, you know, even in the business world of the constituents that make up their team, I mean, you know, you've seen it all over the place that, um, you know, football teams are like a melting pot, right? It's like a, a mix of everybody from all walks of life and they always make it work, right? At some surface level or even at the great programs in depth level, they always can make it work, but then out in the, you know, the outside world says, you know, we can't do that. You know, that's not right. Or, you know, it's not going well. How do you take your platform and start to really build people like that as you talk to leadership groups and stuff like that? So one thing I always try to tell everyone is sometimes you work as hard as you can and you still don't get what you want. You know, it's not always going to pay off. I believe it will if you continue to work really hard, but you know, people are going to stop believing in you at some point. People are not going to be on your train your whole life, you know, and if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to for long. And I really feel like, so my situation was interesting. I, I was an assistant at Michigan and Mississippi state and Georgia tech before I was a head guy. And I got my first head job at North Texas and 11 months in, we all got let go. So we, we weren't good and we got let go. So I, I was scrambling and my wife was pregnant at the time. We were doing three weeks and the health insurance was about to cut off. So it was, it was a full panic. It was not easy for us. And then luckily I got a head job at Louisiana Lafayette. And then two years later, you know, we're let go because we're not good enough. And at that point I was like, well, I, I don't know what else I can do. Like I'm really trying everything I can. And, I believe in what I'm doing and I'm really, gen I'm trying to be a genuine guy, but it, I don't know if it's working. So, you know, you start doubting yourself a little bit and then, and then you get some sense knocked back into you. Like, should I go be an assistant again and just kind of like re reset my deck or, or should I continue to believe in what I'm doing? And then an opportunity at Buffalo came across my way and then I, I met up with them and, you know, my family wasn't fired up to move to Buffalo, New York after living in Louisiana and my wife's also from Tampa. So, um, that wasn't easy to sell. I met that team and it was like magic happened that year and we set records and I, I did the same thing. I never changed. I never stopped. I never stopped what I believed in. I never gave up, you know? And I think that in itself, you know, I never thought I would be named national strength coach of the year after getting fired twice. Like, and that didn't even cross my mind but I just tried to stick my head down and keep working hard and keep making a difference in kids' lives. And that's, that's what you have control over. You, you have control over how you respond to situations like that video I posted about my son today. It's not, it's not what happens to you. It's, it's, can you keep believing when everyone else stops? Can you, your situation says you can't do with this anymore. You, you should be done. And you just keep rolling through because you, you're never going to stop believing. You're never going to stay knocked down. And, and that's what I try to give to the players. That's what I really try to help them with the most. Because there's a lot of kids that are very disappointed when it comes to football season. Either they're not playing enough or the coaches did them wrong or they've been lied to or whatever. But that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here for them in their weakest moments. You know, I got to be strong for them to keep those fires out and then to keep the fire going in their heart. So. 
Now, Coach, what is, you know, going off that kind of mental conditioning, building up that mental fortitude, what are some of the strategies you would share with some of the coaches who are listening to this podcast on things they can do in their own programs today that will help build up that mental fortitude and conditioning with their players? So there's a lot of things I could say. I'll try to keep it organized. Um, I think theme lifts are very important for your team. You know, I, I go Monday through Thursday and it's pretty structured and it's pretty um, normal, you know, like I'll, I'll total body lift on Monday. I'll run them on Tuesday. I'll total body lift on Wednesday. I'll run them on Thursday, but then Friday comes and that's, that's my favorite day of the week. And that's the one that gets remembered the most because that's where I get very, very creative and um, anything I can try to think of I'll do. So we've done so much theme lifts and they all have a purpose. You know, some of them can be funny. Some of them can be very serious and, and intense, but you know, we've done an escape room lift where you got to escape every rack and you got to get to another room and crack a code and there's more work waiting for you. We've done partner lifts where you got two guys with you helping you get to the top of the mountain at every event for the rep count. We've had tap out lifts where it's you versus another person. And the only way I win is if you quit, so there's you go around the whole room and we'll see what you got. There's Fourth of July blowout fest where we all dress up in American gear and do seventeen hundred and seventy six reps for the Constitution. Um, there's the gauntlet that's more serious where we do this huge trifecta circuit where we constantly go back and it seems like it never ends. Um, but at the same time, as creative as you want to be as a coach, you better be able to do it yourself you know, or you better check it before you try it with them. Cause if you're not the Guinea pig and you don't know it's safe, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, I've never been a fan of giving a kid a workout. I haven't done myself first. So I always try them. And sometimes I get carried away writing the stuff. So, so I'm like, uh, there's no way this team could ever handle that. So I'm going to change that, <laughs> you know? Um, but as far as mental conditioning drills too, like I, I always finish the lift with a finisher. So they have to like, focus and it's not taxing they got to focus at the end of the lift so i'll say guys we got 10 jumping jacks don't count three seven and five so they they got to do the actual jumping jack but they can't count that rep so someone always messes it up normally and they're all getting you know frustrated with each other because they could have been the best lift group of the day but they didn't focus at the end so then they can't um they're just all kinds of things that you can play with them mentally to sharpen them up before they put their hand down in the dirt and play, so.